Joey will be back up uh, here at the end of the service. We're going to do a song together uh, at the end. Um, just kidding. I'm just kidding. You guys know me too, uh, too well. Uh, you'll never see me do anything with, uh, with music. But Joey is going to come back up at the end. And uh, we're just going to talk. We're going to have a conversation. And uh, you're going to kind of hear uh, Joey's story. And uh, you're going to hear what you're going to hear is about Joey's former life. Uh, you're going to hear about what his life looked like before the grace of God got a hold of him. And that his life was changed uh, from it, changed by the gospel. Uh, the gospel is the truth that you and I are broken people. And that we're sinners, that we go against what God wants for us. But the good news is that God's love and grace intervenes. And, and that there is nothing we can do to earn it. We, we looked last week, we're looking at uh, this book called Galatians. Uh, a guy named Paul who hated Christians uh, we're persecuting Christians. I'll talk more about that in a moment. Uh, his life is forever changed. He has a former life because of the good news of the gospel. And he starts these churches. He helps uh, these people follow Jesus. And then he would write to them and he would encourage them. And in the, the beginning, what we looked at last week is he begins to talk about the gospel. He says, look, uh, you are deserting him. He's writing to a group of people who are following Jesus. And he says, look, you're deserting him. And what he's saying is you have given up on the gospel so quickly and that you're believing in a different gospel that he says is really no gospel at all. Uh, it is not good news because it's being perverted or distorted or changed. And, and what that looked like there and what it looks like for us is we begin to add to Jesus, that, that Jesus just isn't simply enough, that it seems too good to be true, that we, that we need to add to it. So we, we add a lot of religious things. Things that are good, things that we should do, so reading scripture, praying, volunteering, being generous with our lives, those are all good things that help us draw near to God. But what happens is we believe that we need to do those things to earn God's love. So it's Jesus plus something for us equals the gospel. But what Paul would say is that's really no gospel at all. That just becomes legalism. We, we think it's too good to be true, that we need to add to it. Look, we, we think, man, I've done too much. There's no way God's grace could be available to me. It's just too good. We're, we're waiting for the catch. Uh, I've shared enough about my uh, abilities at working on my house and the projects that I, that I work on. And we're doing some things around my house right now. And the, the area where you come in from the garage is a little landing. It's nine 12 by 12 tiles. And I broke one of them a couple of years ago and I just had never fixed it. And I thought I should probably fix that. And so I, I tore up the tiles. I replaced the nine tiles. I did it all in maybe 30, 45 minutes grouted it. I'm like, whoa, what is going on? This is too good to be true. That night, I'm carrying a two by four uh, out into my garage and the two by four slips out of my hand and hits the tile and cracks the tile, right? And not one of those like, oh, maybe no one will notice kind of cracks. I'm talking like three cracks through the whole thing. And so it's one of those, it just, it was too good to be true, right? I just knew that something's going to go wrong. Every time I have a project, I'm just ready for something to go wrong. And so sometimes I think we think the gospel is just too good to be true. That God's grace really could be enough. That Jesus could be enough. And so we think we need to add to it. And so what was happening is these people were coming behind Paul. Paul's preaching this gospel of Jesus and Jesus alone. And these people were coming alongside and saying, whoa, whoa you, you have to do other things. That Jesus isn't enough. And so Paul's saying, when you believe that, you're distorting the truth of the gospel, or we give license and we think, well, if God's grace is available, then I'll just do whatever I want. It doesn't really matter. And when we do that, 
We're missing out on the life God has for us. And then what I, what I try to uh, make you understand last week is just God's patient, patience with us. How patient he is to us. That he would draw us near to him even when we're rebelling, when we're leaving, when we want nothing to do with him. He is always pursuing us. And then I talked about how we as followers of Jesus, I know not everyone in here is a follower of Jesus, but if you are, there's this call on our lives that we should be immensely patient with other people. That we should be patient with people, especially those who don't follow Jesus, that, that our, God has been patient with us, and so our response is to be patient with, with others. And so we're going to finish up chapter one. I'm going to go through this uh, quickly, but I want to give uh, careful attention to a couple of things. But I want to give us enough time for, for Joey to come back up and for us to, to chat. If you don't own a Bible, there's a red Bible around you somewhere. Uh, I would encourage you to grab that. That's our gift to you. You can, you can have that. Uh, the scriptures will be on the screen. The, the page number on that is for that uh, red Bible. I'm going to read it, and then I'll stop a few times and explain a couple of things. So we're going to look Galatians 1, uh, starting in verse 10. Paul says this, Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. I really wish I had more time to spend just uh, on verse 10. I actually think one of the things that stresses me out, I know the, the most, and maybe you as well, is this idea of wanting the approval of people. I, I, want, I want to please others. I want people to like me. And, and so the, the writer here, Paul, is getting pressure from those who are coming beside him and behind him. And what they were saying to Paul is, Paul, you're just watering down the message. You're just making it easy for people to understand. And Paul says, well, wait, look, if I wanted to still seek the approval of people, if I cared what other people thought, I would not be a servant of Christ. And what you wouldn't know without reading other letters is Paul is now being persecuted because he follows Jesus. Uh, Paul is being threatened. He's being beaten because he is a servant of Jesus. And so Paul's saying, look, if I was still seeking the approval of people, there's no way I would be a follower of Jesus. He's saying, my main concern is, to approve, is, is for the approval of God. So I just wonder for many of us, and myself included, what would happen if I cared more about what God thought of me than others? That my, my desire was for his approval and to be obedient to him, no matter what other people thought. Let's keep going. Verse 11 it says, I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preached is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Again, Paul's just saying, look, this isn't about me. This isn't my message. It's not man's message. This is a message from God. Now, if you own a Bible, and, and I would encourage you to highlight uh, this next verse. If you have a smartphone, maybe you want to highlight it in that uh, if you're in the Bible app. But verse 13 says this, for you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. Paul is saying, look, you know all about me. Uh, you know my story. You know the way I used to live my life. That the gospel makes what I used to do my former life. That the gospel, the, the grace of God, makes who I used to be my previous way of doing life. See, the offer of this gospel to Paul and to all of us is that we can have a changed life, that our lives can look different. 
that we could live in such a way because of the gospel that we could say to one another, man, I, I had a previous life. Not like I used to be something else or someone else, but just that's who I used to be. But I have been changed because of Jesus. See, Paul says my, my former way of doing life was about persecuting the church, people. That he, he was actually going after those who follow Jesus and he was doing it intensely or violently. And he says, I even tried to destroy it. I mean, just think about that. That the one who is writing this that we're listening to, his main goal was to destroy the church. He, he didn't just simply post something mean on Facebook. He didn't send a mean email or a text, right? It wasn't just some words. No, no, no. He was killing Christians. He was asking for permission to arrest men and women and to persecute them simply because they followed Jesus. He's trying to communicate to those who are listening I know you might be thinking and feeling, man, I've done too much. I've done too much. There's no way God's grace is available to me that I've gone too far. There's no way I could be loved or forgiven or changed. And, and here is what I believe is to be true. That the moment we think that God's grace isn't enough, that God isn't able to forgive, we have failed to understand the power of the gospel. We don't really understand it. We don't understand it and we don't believe it. The moment we think God's grace isn't enough, that we have done too much, then we don't get the gospel. The gospel that says you are never too far. You have never done too much to be called back into a relationship with God. So here's the interesting thing about Paul. Paul lives this life where he was violently hurting people where he was persecuting people. And so we would think, man, he has a bad life, right? He has done extremely horrible things. But see, here's the interesting thing about Paul. Paul was doing a lot of good things. Paul thought what he was doing was about what he believed. It was really tied to his religious disciplines. Verse 14, he says, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. He's saying, look, I was at the top of my class. There, were no one, there was no one better than me as a Jew. Religiously, I could do it all. Bible quizzing, I knew it. I had memorized, Paul would have memorized the first five books of the Bible. I mean, he was zealous for what he believed. He was passionate about what he believed. It was about religion to him. He was so fanatical about this. He was so fanatical about knowing the first five books of the Bible, about defending the first five books of the Bible, that he went, went against them. He never really understood or believed what it said because he was breaking the law of the, the Bible, of the scriptures, to defend the law of the scriptures. And so it wasn't just that he was a bad person and he was killing Christians, but he was so religious he was so concerned with the disciplines that he thought that is what would please God. So he would say, I'm violently trying to destroy the church, but also that he was caught up in his religion, that his disciplines, his being religious was actually keeping him from knowing the truth. Verse 15, he says, but when God, which anytime you see that, that, that should stick out. So maybe highlight that as well. But when God who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not consult any man, 
nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing to you is no lie. Later, I went to Syria and Cilicia. Man, but when God... And that is such a powerful statement in this letter that he is writing. Look, I was doing horrible things. I was going against God. But, but when God did something out of his generosity, out of his kindness, he was pleased to reveal Jesus to me. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, If it's me, I'm like, God, just take Paul out. Right? Right? God, could you just do away with Paul? Like Paul's hurting the church. He's hurting people. Paul, would you just, would you, God, would you just punish Paul? But God says, no, no, in my kindness and in my generosity, I'm going to change Paul's life. He does something radically different. When we want people to get what they deserve, God is quick to extend grace so that Paul is then able to preach the gospel. He is then able to tell others about Jesus. Can I just encourage you today? I think for many of us, we think that we lack the ability to share the good news with others. I think we think we lack the ability because we don't have all the answers. Uh, We don't have the scriptures memorized. We're, We're not sure we could defend if someone had questions. We think we aren't good enough. How can I share my faith with someone else? But I think what Paul understands here is it was simply his story. It was the story of God's grace in his life. Paul was not making this about him. He was making it about God and the grace of Jesus. And so would you just know that everywhere you go, if you're a follower of Jesus, that the presence of God goes with you. The kingdom of God is with you everywhere that you go. So if you're in the medical field, if you're a nurse, you're a doctor, every time you walk into a room, every time you put your hands on someone, the kingdom of God is with you. Every time you step into a classroom and you're dealing with, whether it's kindergartners or seniors in high school, the kingdom of God is with you and in the classroom. The hope that those kids need is present with you. That when you're making business deals, when you're painting a room or hanging drywall, the kingdom of God is with you. When you're taking care of your kids in your house, when you're a student at school, the kingdom of God is near you and it is with you. And so your story is what changes people's lives, not because of your goodness, not because of your religious disciplines, but because of the grace of God. Man, when I was uh, younger, uh, sports were everything to me. Uh, I was an athlete. Uh, what I could do with a ball was uh, my purpose. Uh, it was how I felt I fit in with people. Uh, and I felt like I was always having to prove myself. Uh, and so I was usually the guy on teams that the other team hated. Uh, the other fans hated me. Uh, in basketball, I was the dirty player. Uh, I was the one that would figure out how to get cheap shots in. I would always have to prove myself. I had uh, anger issues no matter what sport it was. Uh, I I had problems. But then God, right? But then God began to to work on me. And so whether I'm coaching, uh, whether I am playing, 
I begin to see that, that it's really a, an opportunity for the kingdom of God to be with me, right? That, that when I'm feeding the pitching machine for my son's baseball team and I'm interacting with the ump or the other coach or the other kids, that the kingdom of God is with me. That is an opportunity for me to encourage and to speak life and to offer support to people that no matter what we're doing, no matter what we're engaged in, that the kingdom of God is with you. And so would you find hope and peace in knowing that God is calling you to go, that God is calling you to use your story to bring hope and peace to other people? And this is what Paul is doing. Verse 22 says, I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they praised God because of me. When he would go to, to preach, he was unknown, he wasn't in relationship, but they just knew what Paul's past looked like. He knew what his story was about, but then they knew that something had changed in his life, and they were praising God because of it. They knew about his former life and that his former life was not his current life that things looked differently so i don't know what your former life would be uh maybe you're at a place where like man my my former life i don't even know if i can talk about it the things that i've done the things i was participating in my, my past is so extreme i just don't know if i could talk about it maybe that's you in your former life or maybe your former life is that you've just grown up in church. That like Paul's other side, that you were so good at the religious disciplines. That you were good at just checking the boxes, but the gospel had never really uh, became a part of your everyday life. That you, you still do or have always kind of done what you wanted to do instead of what God has wanted you to do. That, that you really haven't cared about the needs of others. That, that honestly, I know a lot of religious people who are full of hate and are judgmental, often in the name of Jesus, right? So just like Paul, our former life could be one of the two things or maybe even both. But when the gospel intervenes, when the generosity and the kindness of God does something in our lives, that is then our former life. And we have a new life and God wants to use that to impact other people. But here's what I want you to hear me say before Joey comes up that this doesn't mean that immediately it just fixes everything, right? We would hear Paul in, in other letters have this dialogue even with himself where he would say something like, man, there's these things I want to do and I just don't do them. And then there's these things I don't want to do, but I still catch myself doing them. That, that's Paul, the, the one who says, look, that was my former life and that, that God is doing something in me. But still, there's these moments where I just seem to, to not do what God wants me to do. But then at the end of that, he comes back to the grace of God, the grace and the generosity of God. So I'm not saying that everything will be perfect in this new life, that you'll have no more struggles, that your marriage or your relationships or your children are going to be perfect, or you'll get the raise or all the money that you need. That's not what I'm saying. See, the difference is when I mess up now, when I make mistakes now in, in no longer my former life, but in my life as a follower of Jesus, when I make mistakes, I now just hold on to that grace even closer. I realize that in those moments, the grace, the grace of God is still there and available to me. 
that I'm reminded of the goodness of God. It's not that I have a license to continue doing whatever I want to do, but it is a reminder of the goodness of God. It is a reminder that I seek forgiveness from other people when I hurt them, that I pursue forgiveness from God when I go against what he has for me. So look, my hope as I stand before you as a pastor, my hope is not in my perfection. My, my hope is not simply in my goodness. My hope is in the gospel. My hope is in what Jesus has done for me. And so then when, when Paul begins to travel and he begins to do these things, I think that Paul literally believes that other people could come to know Jesus through his story. That, that Paul isn't saying, man, I'm so thankful for my former life. I'm just now gonna exist until my days are, num- until my days are, are, are done. No, Paul says, man, I need other people to know about this goodness of God. I need other people to hear about my former life and that, that because of the grace of God, my life is now different. It's the same for us. That there is nothing that could separate you from the love of God. That God's grace is available to you now just like it was when you accepted it however long ago. And if you haven't, if you haven't believed in the good news of Jesus, would you today? That you could have a former life that you could be forgiven, that you are deeply loved by God. And then for many of us, I hope that we would understand that our story could have an impact and change other people's lives. Joey's going to come up, and uh, we're just going to have a a little dialogue. Joey, we start. uh, Just kind of talk about your story, kind of talk about growing up here in North County. Um, no go. Yeah, what happened uh, through high school, uh, and then kind of go into that and, and go into uh, to LA. Yeah, so I am from North County. I grew up in Pleasant Hollow, right down the street, Hazelwood, Florissant area. Um, when it comes to like music, <clears throat> I started that around nine years old. Man, my dad right here, um, <clears throat> he got me into that, and then like. It was it was strictly soccer and music my whole entire life, man. Like basketball and you know a little other sports, but that that was me, man. And literally the whole time growing up doing music, and I just knew I had that something, you know. Now I know what it is, but then I'm like, man, what is this? You know, I got something just in me, right? And growing up, I mean, we uh, I, I met Ali from the Saint Lunatics. He's uh, he's in with Nelly, and they saw me and my dad, uh, we were at the, it was 4th of July weekend, and we seen him at the fireworks stand, and my dad being my dad, he was like, hey, 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 you, you know, you guys are missing one thing, and he was like, what? And he was like, a white boy, and he was talking about <laughs> him, and they all started laughing, because he can write, that's what I mean, that's where I get it from, and he was like, uh, and they were like, what? And he looked at me, and like, I started beatboxing on my chest, I'm like nine, right? So this guy is looking at me like, yo, I can make this kid like the white bow wow, you know? So like right then, that's when I was like, man, dude, I, I can, I got something, right? So growing up, me, my sister right there, we started doing a lot of shows. <clears throat> I grew a, a pretty big buzz, but I was always the soccer player that rapped, not the rap, you know, the rapper that played soccer. So I went to Trinity Catholic High School, which is funny that this is Trinity, and I'll be honest, I didn't know the difference between God and Jesus when I went the whole, I went, played soccer for all four years. Two weeks after, two weeks after um, soccer, they kicked me out of the school. 
and I graduated from Hazelwood West and um, went to Lewis and Clark on a full ride scholarship. And at this time, I mean, I'm just doing music, music, music. I mean, I just loved it. it it's definitely my therapy. And I actually went over to England to play soccer, came back, my fiance right here. I broke my leg three, three games into the season. Everyone's like, oh, Joey's going All-American this year. I'm pregnant. I'm like, what? I'm 19 years old. Next day, dropped out. Called some of my buddies. I was like, yo, like, it's time to grind for real, music-wise. Remember how I said we saw Ali at the fireworks stand? This dude calls me and was like, yo. <clears throat> my bad. <clears throat> I want to sign you. I was like, what? He was like, I've been seeing you grinding, blah, blah, blah. I want to sign you. I was like, dang. So me and my sister, we went to Dirty NT Studios. Um, I signed a deal with Nelly's label. And how was the job? Oh, man, I thought I, I was on. I thought, like, my life changed right then. And I always tell everyone, like, I, I thought I had the, you know, the spot for the manager. But I wasn't even ready for the janitor spot. Like, <laughs> I was young, like, immature. Just had my daughter, and uh, I left that deal, and then, you know, it, it led me to uh, new management, and we, um, someone knew Crazy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony, and they were like, hey man, like, there's this white kid in St. Louis, the dude's a, a beast, like, he just got out of his deal, and he was like, if you can come to LA tomorrow, you know, I'll, uh, I'll uh, check you out. And I looked at my manager, I was like, hey man, like, I ain't got no money, but we gotta go. Somehow got money, went there. I uh, I performed four songs for him, and he was like, "Let's do a song right now." So we spent the next ten hours doing that, and then um, you know, long crazy long story, but um, we ended up going on a whole year tour with him with Bone Thugs and Harmony, and uh, I ended up back in Hollywood. I tell everyone I'm Hazelwood, not Hollywood, and I I realized that real quick, and uh, you know. My family has an addiction problem, and I was lost. I was real empty, you know, like, everyone's like, dang, look at this dude, like, the American dream. Broke, like, alcohol every day, pills, you could, you know, different, like, it was, and I was around people that, we're cool with it, you know, like, that's them, but some was like, oh. And uh, more events started happening, and I really heard God say, go back to Hazelwood. I went back, <clears throat> got back here for the first, like, six months. I still was, like, drinking, and, and then June 30th, 2016 was my last sip of alcohol. And then, uh, and then I read this book called Fight by Craig Rochelle. In a day, I was hungover. So hungover. And I started attending, uh, Faith Church. And real quick, I got like so hooked on the worship 
And uh, I ended up starting like to record or perform up there. And then uh, they took me down off stage saying that they wanted to like build my foundation more. And, uh, and I'm super North County. Like I let people know, like I'm, it's, I'm no go all day. Like I ride around with the van with, it says I'm so North County with <laughs> me pointing on it. So if you ever see it, that's me. And uh, after faith, you know, me and my fiance were looking for a church. And I might have just went all the way saying everything. My bad. You're good, but, man. You're good. Um, that's why it's good you're up here because I'll just <laughs> talk. But uh, I pulled, like not too long ago, about three months ago, I pulled up to uh, Halls Ferry and Patterson. We're going to my nephew's soccer game. And he, I look over and he's looking at me. And I'm like, like, who is this dude? And then I, for some reason I kept seeing him. And a few months before that, I kept hearing like, Stop trying to make an impact on the world and start in your backyard. And now I'm here. Like, he hit me up on Facebook, like, what's up, man? Like, <laughs> and I saw he was a pastor, and I was like, hmm, like, let's go, you know, let's go check this thing out. So, that's that. What, what was the response uh, of people when you came home after the six months? So, quit the party life, quit drinking. They're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you had it, you the American, but and, you know, you, you just don't know what you don't know. So on the outside looking in, especially with the social media nowadays, it's like, you know, it looks like, I think the more people post like the, the, and I may be wrong, but the people that I know personally and I see them posting, you know, the type of stuff that I was posting is to cover up that, that uh, void, like that you're missing inside, that not being at peace with yourself. And, you know, I was open to people. I'm like, dude, like, you know, I'm broke. I'm not, you know, people always want to go to Hollywood and LA. And it's like, I don't know if you guys ever been there, but I mean, I got a small house right now, but the house I live in right now, it's like three grand out there. Like the money out there and everything, it's insane. But uh, everyone was just confused, right? And no one's going to be able to see your vision or even when you explain it. So it was hard at first, but... It is what it is. Everybody accepted it. And like, I'm, I got into sales and I started making a, a lot of money, which took me to make the money to realize it's not about the money at all, for sure. So the, your story, your former life, as we, we talked about, um, how has that impacted your life now? So understanding the grace of God uh, and that what he wants to do in your life because of your experiences then, how are those having, how's that have an impact on you now? Uh, so I feel everything was preparation to my promise now. So like every, I feel like we are, we have obstacles in life to make them an opportunity. What's an opportunity without an obstacle? Just what's, you know, being happy with no pain. Right. And me, I'm thinking I was supposed to be the superstar on that platform, on that stage. But I feel like he was like, all right, you need, I need you to go fall face first mm -hmm. so you can basically you know, show him, her, them, you know, like, it's not what you think, you know? So I feel that everything in my past was God's purpose to prep me for the man I am now. Um, I'm so big on, like, struggle, turning your struggle to a ministry, turning your obstacles, you know, to an opportunity. So now I'm like, all right. I'm talking like it creates your own niche right there, you know, so it's like I am here to spread the word to the lost and a lot of people thought it was negative that I got taken down from faith church's stage 
And now it's like, hey, dude, you're not supposed to be entertaining the found on stage. You're supposed to be snatching the lost, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah. So uh, you and I, we've met often, and, and we're, we're talking about Starbucks this life. States. Yeah, right. Uh, I do like Starbucks, if anyone didn't know that. Um, <laughs> and so that's a good place for us to hang out. Um, talk a little bit about purpose. Um, talk about a little bit about what you're doing now and what you think God has kind of put on your heart and what you're hoping you can accomplish. Because, um, and I told you this last week, just this idea about God's kingdom going with you everywhere you go. So... You go places I don't. Yeah. Um, I'm not hanging out with bone thugs. Uh, but uh, you, you, you have an avenue, um, and, and you have relationships that I don't, uh, and that many of us don't, just like you guys have relationships that I wouldn't. So w- what do you see kind of as your purpose now? Kind of end with that. Like, what, what do you think God's called you to at this, at this moment? My purpose, I truly feel, is, like I was saying, you know, help the lost get found, but it's showing you know young the younger generation and i mean older as well like when i was in sales i felt like he put me in sales to learn more of the business aspect of everything because i got the gift of gab i can talk like put me on a phone i'm closing that deal for sure (laughs) and he he, he's leading me to all these places and i was i was really i i I don't want to say me obviously god's grace but saving a lot of people at that job like they seen how i was moving and how I was good, you know, and like, I was, I say, Mr. Overdose on the Holy Ghost, like, I'm, I'm really, like, like, I just want to show people, like, you can be cool, you can be hip, you can be you, and it doesn't have to be, like, on tour, you know, like, my, I could look at everyone and say, what do you struggle with, what's your struggle, oh, man, like, uh, alcohol, all right, cool, don't, if you're not going to do it for you, do it for those, like be the the guidance for someone else. So it's like, I want to prep everyone to, all right, cool. You went through, it's bigger than you. Oh man, I don't want to talk about that. I can't talk about that. Uh, it's so much bigger than you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so you ain't got to be up here, you know, to spread the word, but... It's to help other people like that. But me, creative mindset-wise, like I have so much stuff that I'm doing. Like I, I created an audio book because me, when I was reading the Bible at first, I was like, you know, I'm super bored. Like mm-hmm. I don't even know what these words mean. I can't pronounce. Still, I look at the words. I'm like, I, I'm glad I ain't up there because I would have <laughs> said that wrong, you know. <laughs> so I created an audio book um, of Proverbs 1 through 10, and I'll just bring a whole bunch of copies in and start passing them out. Yeah. But uh it was when I was at Faith, and I didn't, I didn't do nothing with it. Like, to, even today, that's why like, I feel like I'm crying so much, because the devil was like, why do you always got to make it about you, you know? And it's like, yo, like, this is not about me by any means. But <laughs> it takes someone like you to be like, you're coming up here, you're doing it. Because, like, I was on yesterday, like, man, I, I'm not performing. You know, like, I'm not doing that, like... I don't want to make it all about Joey like it always is. Like it's crazy, but ADD, you already know. Back that <laughs> Proverbs. So basically, I'm reading the the book of Proverbs, uh, chapter one through ten, over hip hop beats. So it's like it gives uh, you know anyone anybody that likes hip hop or not even just hip hop. Just you need that groove. Mm-hmm. I mean, we learn from like the ABCs. Like 
it's a song, it's a melody, it's a rhythm. So it's like me, that's how I have to listen to it. So it's like, oh man, I might have provided a solution to someone that, you know, you might hear a word in a different way and you're like, dang, that's, yeah. that's the Bible, you know? Because, so I really feel that me bringing people closer, but I don't think I'm supposed to, like I said, do it in the church. I, I created my own business. I quit my job, just yeah. felt like God's will was really leading me into business. But, and like you said, though, God's with us everywhere we go. So all these business deals and um, I run a social media company. It's like, it's just now like, oh man, like it's not two separate things. It's yeah. all in one. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm lost and found, but never finished, but I'm growing. I'm still broken. I think we all are, you know, so I'm, I'm going and uh, I'm not scared to admit that I probably, you know, the, ooh, hold on. The day, <laughs> the day I figured out, or I was like, man, when am I ever going to figure it out? And I said, the day that uh, you figure it out that you'll probably never figure it out is the day that you figured it out, you know, for That's real. Good. When I was like, ooh. Like, I need to write that down one day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, I'm just here to help anyone, especially, like, the younger generation, like Jake over there. Like, that was my first target. I seen him. He came in one day, looked just like me. Like, you had something tied around his head. And I was like, I see my little sister kind of give him an eye. And I looked at her. I was like, back up. But I, I really want to make a difference and make an impact in North County because, like I said, I'm Hazelwood and not Hollywood, man. This is what I think is important. Um, your gifts don't change when you start following Jesus. Right, so the, the disciplines that Paul had, the, the zealousness that he had, uh, probably a really good speaker didn't change um, when he began following Jesus, just the, the reason he had those giftings changed and how they were used. And so uh, I know for you, Joey, the gifts that you have that God has given you, it doesn't change. It's not that you don't use those anymore. You're just using them for something, something different. Greg's gonna come up and, and finish us. I wanna pray for Joey as we, uh, we end uh, today, and then I'll invite you to stand and, and sing with us. Uh, Father, I'm so thankful for Joey. I'm thankful for our friendship, and uh, I'm a better person because of Joey. And um, I, I'm understanding more about your grace and your love as I watch what you've done in Joey's life. Um, I'm thankful that you have um, created a former life for Joey, um, that he's not the same. Um, I, I know he's growing and you're continually changing him just like you are uh, all of us. And so I pray in the midst of that, he would understand grace at a deep, deep level. Thankful for Courtney, his fiance. I pray that you continue to bless her and Kylie and uh, just their family, uh, that you'd use them uh, to have an impact on other people. I pray all this in Jesus' name.